There it is. We're live. Welcome, 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 everybody. We are a beautiful Tuesday here. Uh, still a little cloudy in San Diego. What's going on? We don't pay for this weather. All right, all right. We got a fun show. My meta. We're going to have fun. Here we go. Let's uh, just play the intro. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, as always, uh, for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time today, welcome and thank you for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, then you already know we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So you've got three opportunities every week to ask your questions. If you have any questions about your relationships or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs and let me know. Uh, follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing Polyay. Let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on the show. None of us are perfect. We're our imperfect stories because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves. And the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com. Sign up to share your imperfect story, too. Now, I totally messed up. Semi-messed up. Whatever. Uh, I actually didn't write an intro for this awesome guest. But uh, just off the top of my head, you know, Jason and I have known each other for uh, a couple of years now, uh, ever since I started dating uh, Amuda, which is the partner that we have in common. Uh, and he's just an awesome dude. Super awesome dude. Uh, loves Legos. I know that much. Um, <laughs> wicked smart and uh, has his name in the history books because of uh, legal stuff. So lots of fun whatever welcome to the show jason thank you so much for hanging out with me today <laughs> of course <laughs> uh, so um we were talking a little bit before the show just kind of like what are we going to talk about uh what you know what kind of stuff um and you know what i'm, I'm gonna start because i know that you're into into this stuff too and i know that i wouldn't like be out of left field with this i'm gonna take a book a page out of uh jessica over at remodeled love at remodeled love on instagram i'm gonna take a page out of her book and start with this why don't you hit us with uh your privileges Jeez. <laughs> oh, that way that way our audience knows i love the way that she says it she's like that way our audience knows uh where you're coming from and can uh and and, and mm -hmm. can you know get, have the viewpoint of your privileges when you're when they're uh listening to what we're saying Right. Uh, well, I mean, the obvious ones are pretty cis, uh, pretty white, <laughs> pretty male. Um, let's see, I am somewhat disabled, which is, I guess, sort of one of my non-privileges. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I have found that that tends to make me way more empathetic and understanding of people who, you know, don't have, or, let me rephrase, who have other challenges right whether it be not cis not white not male you know that sort of thing mm -hmm. um but like those are the pretty obvious ones um let's see you mentioned smart so you know i don't have any significant mental or cognitive challenges so that's also <laughs> you know up there uh, on the list and then um i lucked out on the family department i have a pretty darn good family so i'm not like kind of 
you know, fighting the, the tide on that front, right? I'm not like mm -hmm. slogging through family that causes trouble all the time and makes life harder for me. So, um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. I mean, uh, like I said, taking that page out of her book, she does such a great job with that. And I think it's uh, super important. So yeah, uh, like some of the stuff that we were talking about is, you know, we have this, this partner in common. I, I'm, I'm using that terminology because people don't like the shared partner uh, mm. terminology. People don't, don't like that. Um, I guess it has some like tinges of possessiveness to it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so partner in common, I think that. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, with a lot of things, right. The words you use matter and trying to do better or, you know, at least re you know, tweak your wording sometimes helps tweak the way you think about things. It might take a while, but. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree with that. 100%. Um, I, uh, started chatting with somebody new recently and I was, uh, I was telling this person about our polycule. So I'm, you know, mm -hmm. name all the people. Right. And then I get to Tabitha and I'm like, oh yeah. And Tabitha, uh, uses they, them pronouns. And so mm -hmm. I start like explaining about who Tabitha is and what they like to do, what they're like, you know, and, and all these different things. And as I'm describing Tabitha to this new person, um, <laughs> I, I find myself very, I, I, I want to say consciously, but it's almost more habitually using those they, them pronouns, mm -hmm. uh, which is, it was interesting to me uh, because like in conversation with this new person, they came almost by second nature. Nice. Uh, but when I chat with you or when I chat with Amuda, sometimes those pronouns slip up. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think maybe it's because we are more familiar with Tabitha and, and, that could and be. Uh, we knew Tabitha before they discovered the, or before they changed their pronouns. And so there's right. like a little bit of an adjustment there, but I mm -hmm. totally agree with you that those uh, words, words carry meaning. And it's so important yeah. that we, that we, uh, Oh, I can't think of the word, but but we respect that, I guess. Absolutely. Well, and like I was saying before, also just changing the way you say things, right? Like uh, a partner in common versus shared partner. There's a pretty subtle distinction there, but shared partner does re reasonably imply some possessiveness, which is something a lot of non-monogamous people try to, well, especially polyamorous people, right, try to avoid. So. Right. You know, and pronouns is sort of the same way. I know a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, some people, you know, pick pronouns in some regards to get people to stop and think about, like, what the gender binary is and, like, you know, like, why it's probably hogwash. Let me rephrase that. It is hogwash. Um, what I mean is, from an outsider's perspective, they could see it as probably hogwash, right? Um, right. Or it was possibly hogwash. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, it, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned the, the Tabitha and their pronouns. Um, I had a friend from my Lego days who transitioned, I want to say, two years after I met her. And it definitely took a while to get used to the new pronouns. Also, that was one of the first, uh, you know, people I'd ever met that had transitioned. Mm -hmm. um, this was years ago at this point. But um, 
I still remember, you know, doing sort of the goofy, not goofy, but goofing up and saying, oh, hey, dude, and being like, oops, sorry. <laughs> she was always like, yeah, no worries. I get it. It's fine. But, yep, you know, yep. at the same time, you try to do better. When we know better, we do better. Um, yeah. Or at least we try. <laughs> trying to think of what show it was um, where somebody comes back after like several years and, it, you know, they're, they're different. They're presenting as a different gender now. Yeah. And, you know, that old friend, you know, still re- has trouble. And I, I think at one point they used oh, that word yeah. they used. Was dude. it Sensei? Was it Sensei? I think it might have been Sensei when they, like, meet one of, um, I so bad with names, The one of the primary characters, um, she's on the run from the people's hunting the Senseites, and she reaches back to one of her hacker buddies yes and he's yes. kind of gross about it but at the same time like understanding yep like yep. it's pretty cool yeah yeah that that's that, Is that yes. the one you were thinking of um it's no. not but even oh. even okay. that one though it was kind of the same thing where there was a couple of times like you said he was he was kind of gross about it uh mm-hmm. and i think there might have been like a dude thrown in there but like mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some people say ah dude it's it's almost like uh, gender uh, gender neutral. Dude is, is a gender neutral term. You right. know, Especially to, if you grew up people. in California. That's right. Southern I California. Err on the side of whoever, right? Like, I, I kind of let other people decide whether dude is gender neutral when it affects them, you know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, Moon and I were, were chatting about this, uh, I think, yesterday. I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but it's like, if they present, if they say, you know, that, that, oh, it was like about swinging versus polyamory, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, four people, two different couples are friends, but they are also swingers, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's up to them to identify as swingers or as polyam, right? Like, they get to make sure. that decision. And so kind of the oh, same yeah. thing with, with these pronouns or or using dude as a gender neutral term, like mm-hmm. how whoever is affected by it is the one that gets to make the decision whether or not it is or isn't. Yeah, exactly. And like, I can also understand like, again, if you grew up in California, dude is sort of baked into your vocabulary sometimes. That just means <laughs> you have to put some extra time and energy into it. Although totally. I bring this up only because why not? Um, I have recently realized, so one thing I didn't mention in the privileges side of everything, um, I have ADD, let me rephrase, my daughter has ADD, and the odds are she got it from me. I'm not officially diagnosed, but I have enough of the, you know, things that it's pretty easy to note that, yeah, she probably got it from me. Um, And uh, one thing I actually find really hard is remembering pronouns, but I Mm. think that's more of an extension of... I'm terrible at rem- remembering names, period, because right. I already have to run. Um, I'm still figuring out how to explain this really well, but I basically it's sort of like when I'm in a social situation, whether it be a podcast or in person with people, I'm sort of running like social filters. And so and, and like I can only run so many at a time. And so mm-hmm. if I have to juggle in the remember people's names filter, that usually means two or three other filters get dropped. Right. Uh, and pronouns is yet another filter. And again, not to complain and not to say that I don't want to support people and their gender identities, but it's one of those things that I realized recently that, um, like, I try to give myself more, 
uh, well, credit for trying, but also like I try really hard not to be beat myself up when I screw up, right? Yeah. Like that friend I first, I mentioned from years ago when they uh, when she transitioned, I would really get down on myself later about you know like oh my god I can't believe like yeah I know I I knew her as something else for two years but like that's not what she is and that's not who she is and you know do better and I was kind of hard on myself and now I'm at least a lot easier on myself which is that oh hey it's just like you don't remember names that well you know try to do better next time you know maybe you consciously turn that filter on before you get to into a situation we're going to be talking to people you know totally Um, yeah interesting side thing I, I was talking to Amuda about this a couple of months ago so and I'm still like percolating sort of the explanations for it hopefully that was clear (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. I mean, wh- what I got out of that is that uh, we have to give ourselves grace, sure. you know, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes ask for grace from uh, someone who's transitioning if we screw up the pronouns. You know, there are, there are some people who, you know, are just jerks, right? Oh, yeah. And they're going to be like, no, you're you're a dude. I don't care what you say. Like, you know, this is what you are, and you know, obviously, I'm an asshole, and I'm not going to change. Blah blah blah, right? Like that's 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 a whole separate thing. But I think right. that uh, folks who are uh, actively trying and making the effort, uh, generally speaking, I think grace is usually offered. And you know, oh, oh yeah, shoot, I, I said the wrong pronoun. I'm so sorry. You know, and 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 we can always, you know, it, it's just a matter of practice and improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, even with Tabitha. Yeah. Uh, Amuna and I would would be talking. We would have conversations, and we would be using the wrong pronouns. And you know, we would yeah. we would catch each other. And you know, um, yep. more and more doing it, practice, practice, using over and over and over again. And like I said, when I was having this conversation with somebody new, those pronouns just hit and came naturally, and cool. it wasn't even a, a second thought. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, hmm. um, all right. Something that you said that I wrote down uh, okay. when we're talking about these terms, uh, we're talking about shared versus, you know, partner in common, right? And and the mm-hmm. possessiveness. So uh, what we had talked about a little bit before the show was this relationship between you and me and, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Amuda. So um, I wanted to kind of get your feedback on it's been almost two years now for mm-hmm. Amuda and I. Uh, right. You and her have been together, what, almost five almost now? Four? Almost four? Almost four, yeah. Almost four, okay. So mm-hmm. so you were together, uh, what is that? I, I, I'm good at math. Two years, about two years before? Probably two years, yeah, when she met you. Well, right. you know, I guess you guys met before you started dating, obviously, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before we started dating, we'll, we'll use that. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I feel like we've never actually sat down and had this conversation. Like, <laughs> is that something that metas do like do metas sit down and be like yo bro like how you doing like everything cool like oh you mean like a sort of like a are is anything wrong or are we doing okay as co people yeah. that are interested in somebody yeah gotcha i'm um is that something so, that metas do i mean i'm sure there's some do um probably right my suspicion is usually that stuff comes up if there are problems, right? right? You know, if somebody's doing something that really annoys somebody else, but, um, but like, on the other hand, you and I are both pretty easygoing and like, we all 
huh, pretty easy going, you know, I, yeah. well, you know, so, and like, I really strive to avoid like possessiveness. Right. Um, Same. Like it never really made sense to me. And I remember when I was, I was in a monogamous marriage for God, almost 14 years. Uh-huh. And um, like the possessiveness part never really made any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember like, to a point where like my ex-wife was like mad that I wasn't jealous. Hmm. So I know. Right. So from that perspective though, I would say because of that, right. Because of my sort of not really possessive, like maybe when the relationship was, er was new, I was a little, not even threatened. It was more like, Oh, I wanted to do that too. Or whatever. Right. For me, it's usually been more of a very light FOMO kind of a thing. Not Uh a, not a, I am jealous that they're doing something. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Totally. But how about with you? I mean, you, like, from your perspective, right, you came into this, and we already had a multi-year relationship in progress. But, like, mm-hmm. did that feel weird, quote, quote unquote, breaking into that, or? Uh, good. I, I like how you turned this around on me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a little bit. There was, there was definitely a little bit of... Uh... Uh, same, same type of thing, same type of, of FOMO, right? Where where you have this established relationship already and there are things that the two mm-hmm. of you share and have shared for, uh, you know, quite some time. Uh, right. And, like, I think for me, probably the hardest thing was, um, I say hardest, but uh, maybe just most challenging or whatever, um, mm-hmm. was this acceptance that my relationship with her is not your relationship with her. Like Mm -hmm. there are things that you and her are going to do and ways that you and her are going to connect that she and I aren't going to connect on that level and vice versa. Um, And it's both, both challenging and freeing. Yeah, exactly. It's challenging, right. From sort of the, like I like to put it the everybody's swimming in monogamy culture. So, you know, you're bombarded with all of these things that you're supposed to be exclusive and do these things. Right. And coming like undoing that takes a lot of work and you're constantly getting attached back to it. Right. Like, or not attached, but you know what I mean? It's constantly being refreshed. Like all of the media and everything else is so monocentric. Um, I, I can see that like, like it's, so like that part of the challenge, right, is sort of overcoming the old programming, for lack of a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's so much of a relief to be like, oh, hey, she loves to run. You love to run. Great. You guys get to go run together, you know, like and like that's not something I have to do with her or feel bad that I don't want to do with her. Right. Um, just, just, I mean, like, like that's just one really easy example. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's tons of things like that. You know, and, sure. And that's and, that's not something that you were going to do anyway, and that is something that she was going to do anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you're losing out. I had I had a guest. Um, I don't remember exactly who it was. I'm trying to think. Uh, but she talked about golfing. If a partner, you know, has mm-hmm. a golf hobby and they go for you know seven hours on a Tuesday and they just spend the day at the golf course. Like that's something that they're going to do. But if we change that to spending time with uh, a new person, spending time with a new romantic connection, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the, the incumbent partner uh, feels like they're (laughs) losing something. Uh Uh-huh. 
But you never just, had that. Um, not really. Again, it, I think it really helps that like Amuda is super independent, mm-hmm. and I am not quite as independent, but pretty close. So like, it really mostly just came down to FOMO type stuff. Like, oh, they're going to go do something that that would have been fun to do, or, or like, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Honestly, if anything, I was more worried for you. As weird as that may sound, again, from the coming into it, like I was trying really hard not to seem like I was being possessive or like. Mm-hmm. No, this is something that's that Amuda and I do, and you're not allowed to do it. Like, I hope right. that's never come across because that's never been an intent, right? <laughs> like, like I like that she and I play board games, for example. Like, I think it's sort of required as polyamorous. I think that's sort of like in the like the, the lists of like it's a checkbox. Eventually, you know, eventually, yeah, five percent chance of getting into board games at some point. Yep. Um, and I know we're slowly drawing you in, which is great. That's right. But, like, yeah. I never felt like, but. Amuda and I play board games together. James can't play board games together. No, not at all. And I, I hope I've never made anything like that or otherwise feel, you know, like nah, it's you're, or, yeah. you're a saint. Get out of here. Uh, I, I, no, I, I, I lucked out. I'm going to say I lucked out in the in the meta department. Um, Agreed. One of the things, too. <laughs> one of the things that, that I, you know, really appreciate is, is the fact that we are friendly like we have yeah. uh, on multiple times multiple occasions uh the three of us have gone out and and gotten lunch together and you know right. um, and we need to do it again soon <laughs> yes we do we do yeah <laughs> maybe we can do it uh tomorrow we'll see we'll, we'll run that through amuda the through, right. run that through the boss we'll see how she feels but <laughs> <laughs> um but no like um i guess kind of in that vein um good meta relationships versus bad meta relationships have you ever had uh, not necessarily bad but you know uh, right. just, have you ever had any any meta issues um let's see i've had i've never had what i would call a bad meta issue um i've had a little bit more challenging ones before mm-hmm. um like one of the people i met really early on um post-divorce and sort of like when I was just getting into non-monogamy and polyamory specifically, um, I met basically a a person that was kind of halfway on the spectrum between swinger and polyamorous. Mm-hmm. So, and probably a little closer to swinging than polyamory. And um, she was great. And we really had a wonderful time, but like, and like, I never like disliked her husband or anything. He's actually a really nice guy, but like, we, we met and we went on a couple of double dates and stuff, but like, it was not like with you and me where it was super comfortable and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't, again, it wasn't challenging or bad or anything like that. It was just different if that makes any sense. Um, and like, I think part of that was just because he and I don't have a lot in common, right. Other right. than monogamy and that's okay. You know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, I've had other metas that I've had closer relationships with, and those have been really good. Like um, another former partner, her husband was actually really good at sort of being a communication bridge, which is weird because she's the hinge, right? But he was really good at sometimes translating what she was saying into something that I could understand because he was also a super nerd. And she was a bit less of a super nerd, so sometimes he could almost like, 
like he could almost turn it into programmer type speak, not quite that drier, you know. But like he was usually able to like take something that she was saying that I just wasn't grokking at all, and he was able to translate it into something that made more sense and helped us both out. So that was a nice. very unusual kind of a relationship, but it was also really good. Nice. So, yeah, I've been pretty lucky on the meta front. I, I agreed, agreed all the way around. What? How important do you feel uh, is the meta relationship to the success of the the actual relationship? Ooh, um, I would say so long as it's not actively toxic, I think it kind of doesn't matter, right? So uh, think of it almost like a floor maybe, right? So like the floor is you need to be able to communicate even if it's only occasionally and it's like the sort of, in an emergency, you guys need to be able to work together and not like right. with each other, right? And when I say guys, I mean gender neutral guys, right? Sure, I, I, you sure. know, whatever metas are involved need to be able to communicate and you know not just like want to, you know, hurt each other, right? If you can kind of get above that floor, I think after that, it really is up to everybody. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting kitchen table polyamory, but I think you probably shouldn't insist on it. That mm -hmm. seems a little. So, like, some people, right, are pretty, uh, what's the right word, um, introverted and solitary by nature. They're probably not going to like kitchen table polyamory as much as some other people. That doesn't mean they can't be polyamorous, right? And to, right. to like, ding somebody just for that seems like it might be short-sighted, right? Um, or, like, another way maybe it would be, like, they doesn't it seem that like so long as again so long as there's not an actively toxic relationship or an actively bad um interaction like even if two people don't particularly like each other that much so long as they can be civil to each other and you know you know at the kitchen table once in a while or whatever right or at a event or at a you know holiday party or whatever like it kind of doesn't matter it, it's um a better relationship would be wonderful and i consider that right like a bonus but not a requirement, if that makes sense. I yeah, it totally does, and I I pretty much agree. Um, I'm definitely of the I like kitchen table poly, like mm -hmm. kitchen table is definitely my kind of poly. Um, and if if I was involved with somebody who wasn't kitchen table poly, I think it would be a little bit tough. Um, I remember there was a time when uh, I had yet to meet Vanessa's partner, Ben. Mm -hmm. uh, she had been dating him for quite a while before I got a chance to meet him. And prior to meeting him, it always just felt like this this shadowy threat. Yeah. But as soon as I met him and, like, we got to know each other, like, mm -hmm. this this is my dude now. Like he's, he's my buddy. He, uh, when Namura and I went to Palm Springs this past weekend, uh, it was Ben who came over and stayed with my dog with me, stayed with Katie nice. with me or, or with Katie for the weekend, you know? Um, mm -hmm. like it's really cool to be able to have that kind of, uh, of a friendship and relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I, let me, let me backtrack just slightly. I was definitely sure. not saying you should never meet. I actually think that's, probably not a good thing to aim for. Um, like, 
I, I'm totally fine with parallel poly, but I think everybody should meet at least once or twice. I was going to ask that. And there yeah. should be a communication channel open, right? Because like, what happens when somebody goes to the hospital or some horrible thing, right? Like, you need a way to relay information, you know. Um, so I, I would definitely say, like, like me personally, I would have a very hard time dating somebody in a don't ask, don't tell style relationship, specifically because of this, right? I could deal with the parallel nature, but I would probably want to meet their other partner, which I understand is not really doable in a DADT thing. Yep. So, um, so that, that's a definitely a big distinction, I would say, right? Because, like you were saying, prior to meeting Ben, here's this big shadowy, you know, thing, and it was like, well, because I don't know anything really about him, he is, of course, the perfect everything, right? He's right. better than me in every single dimension, which obviously it's not a contest, but you can't. <laughs> But when you don't have a you know a face to the name and a voice and a you know a personality to ascribe to things, you just are automatically going to assume. Well, of course, he's exactly what my other partner wanted, or she, right. you know, they're exactly what they wanted, and you know your brain weasels will just you know have a field day with that. Brain so, weasels. Yeah, I hate right? those brain weasels. All right, last they're, question they're for friends. you. Sure. Last question for you. Which do you think is easier? And uh, hopefully, you have uh, some some. Uh, experience to draw on here, uh, but we can we can talk about it because you know we're both coming from different ways, from different angles. So, which do you think is easier to be the one in an established relationship and have somebody new coming into it, mm -hmm. or to be that person coming into an already established relationship? Um, I have now done both, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have been the coming into an established relationship more often. Um, so I would, my, my, uh, like they both have their own challenges, right? Um, I would say though, especially when you're new, going into and be becoming a part of an established relationship is so far outside of what any relationship, anything has ever talked about before. You know, like, I, sorry, uh, not anything, but, in standard mon monogamy culture, right? Like if right. you're just getting into it, even if you've read the books, even if you've done stuff, like I still remember with some of my first couple of partners, I was like, really, you're okay? I, I know you've said that, but like, are you sure? <laughs> really? <laughs> you sure? You, you know, and you it takes a little while to really get used to the, yeah, it's actually not a problem. And like, this is what we want. And just like you do. Um, so I would say that for me at any rate, that was harder. Um, but like, again, the, so the one thing I definitely was never in the situation of is as an established couple opening up and then mm. seeing somebody new come in and be the new shiny, um, without having done that once or twice already. Right. So I could totally see that also being really difficult. Um, you know, because one thing about the new shiny is they kind of get all of the not the attention, that's not what I'm trying to say, but like, um, because it's a newer relationship, there's sort of more attention paid in the like, oh, I better make sure I really spruce up for my date, or, you know, right. or heck, we gotta make sure we have extra dates because we're just getting to know each other or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So it's easy to, uh, you know, it's easy to conflate that with, oh, see, they're just super interested in the new shiny and I'm the old, less shiny and not that important. Right, that right. I could see that being really troublesome as well. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. I, I can see both being really hard. I don't know that there's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I probably asked the question or phrased it uh, the wrong way by, by saying which is easier. Uh, you answered it better by addressing the different challenges uh, involved in each. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you were talking about the new and shiny. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, when there's, there, there, it's one thing where if you've been polyamorous for a while and you've had multiple partners coming in and out and, you know, if you've maintained one for a long time, you know, um, I think that there's, there's a difference between like that and somebody who's brand new to polyamory, barely opening mm -hmm. up their relationship for the first time and have yeah. never had the experience of all of those different feelings happening all at once. So, um, right. but you pointed out some really good challenges and some really good, uh, some, some good things for, for people to think about. Um, any, <laughs> yeah. Any, final thoughts? yeah. any final thoughts to leave with the audience? Um, I mean, since we talked about like hard stuff, right? Like things that are, can be hard about polyamory. Cause you know, again, it, this isn't easy. Like number one, I'd, I'd go back to something I said earlier, which is go easy on yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yep. you're going to make some mistakes. Um, another way to look at it, right. Is there's nothing wrong with feeling a particular way. You know, you get to feel jealous of your partner going out and doing things that you wanted to do with them or doing something that you didn't know you wanted to do until they went and did it with somebody else. Like, there's nothing wrong with feeling bad about those things, but mm -hmm. don't take those bad feelings out on other people, right? Like, there's the, right. like you, you can't control your feelings all that well. I know some people disagree with that, but, you know, at the very least, you can't control your initial reactions to things. Let's put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you can always control your behavior, even if it's, right. it may not be easy in the moment, but you can still control your behavior, even if your behavior is, hey, I need to go process this for a while, or, oh, hey, I need to just go step out and, like, stew for a bit, and, you know, yep. come back later. So, but again, still be, go easy on yourself, especially if you're new, but even if you're not, like, I could totally see something coming and out of left field and blindsiding me at some point, and yeah, totally. hopefully, you know, like, the learning to go easier on myself about pronouns gig will translate into being easier like you know not beating myself up for like oh i should know better i've been doing this for seven years or whatever you right, know right. eight yep, years now yep. whatever losing count <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it jason yeah. man thanks so much for uh jumping in here with me last yeah, minute absolutely. um i had i had for everybody listening i had uh, uh my guest cancel on me uh little while before the joe before the show and jason uh had told me before that he was willing to jump in so thank you yeah. man appreciate it and uh yeah yeah hopefully hopefully get to see you again soon for, for sure we need to do uh, that again sure soon. we will and i hope we can do this again sometime i mean not that i want your guests to cancel but um <laughs> i'm usually free around nowadays now this time or i mostly can be so yeah hopefully we can did do you, more of these we did just you hear that everybody i think he just volunteered in, uh, you, I think he just volunteered to be my co-host, everybody. I think he just did that. All right, everybody. Thank you all. Guest host. How about guest host? Guest host. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for 
the podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruption, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time, or sign up for Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That is all we've got for you all today. We'll be back tomorrow with the last show of the week. Until then, as always... Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicingpolya.